Funding for Sundays on the East End comes from Duncan Darrow of Sag Harbor, who is the founder of Fighting Chance, a free cancer counseling center for the East End for 18 years. Learn more online at fightingchance.org. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We're going to be here today with Ashley Heather from The Spur. What is the spur? What is the spur? Well, it's going to be a $64,000 question that will get answered. It's a wonderful new spot uh, right now located in Southampton near the train station. Uh, it is a co-working space and all kinds of other things, but we're going to let Ashley talk about that. What are we going to talk about, Well, I Sock? think what we're going to talk about is, and this is as I've gotten to know Ashley, and, and I am a member of the spur, so as I've gotten to know as the am spur, I. Um, I, I'm, I'm very uh, attracted to this idea of innovation, the inspiration of innovation, and then the conversation that can come uh, and, and the entrepreneurial aspect of that, which exists on the East, Eastern Long Island, like a lot of other places, but doesn't really necessarily get talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I know in my life, uh, when, I th- when I can step back and, and think about some of the things I've done, they're crazy. But I was so sure that they were going to work and that I figured out how to make them work. And I know you, you Bridget, as well, have had many chapters. You're, you're pretty uh, modest about it. But, uh, you know, you've, you've had moments of inspiration that have led to... Moments of insanity, more like. Well, that's okay. But, but, yeah. but you know, like, you know, both with the independent... Uh, with that inn that you ran up in New Hampshire with your husband. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, that was an 18,000 square foot in 1792. It hadn't been renovated. I've never, had never done anything like that before. And what, and what, what motivated you to, to move three states away and, and <laughs> well, go, go into service and, uh, like the service industry hospitality, and hospitality? Yeah. Hospitality. What, what motivated you? Um, insanity, literally. Like my father had died and I had a chunk of money and there was this beautiful old building that was crumbling and I wanted to bring it back to its former glory. But, right, but um, how did you even find the building? I kept driving by it. It was on Main Street. It was so sort of like the Maidstone Arms or what, the Maidstone Hotel, what, what, you know, in, in East Ham. It was kind of near, next to the town green and it. And, and what was the conversation you had with Eric? <laughs> I don't always include my husband in my decisions. Well, but 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 he but you guys have a wonderful marriage. We do, and, and and I think you guys are team, and somehow it worked for both of you. Well, it was really funny because I I mean we had moved up there kind of on a whim. I mean, literally the fourth day um, that we ever spent in New Hampshire, we were signing closing papers on this old Victorian house that right. we owned for 10 years. Um, but Eric had gotten a job at a place called the Fells, which was, um, and he was sort of like uh, landscaping, but you know, he'd had his own landscaping company out here and stuff. But the big thing was when we bought the inn, people up there were like, have you heard the lawn boy from the Fells has bought the inn? You know, it's okay, <laughs> kind of all right. very no, funny. No, no, but, but again, I want to say, but, but that, that was a moment of tremendous entrepreneurship. You're going to completely change your life you probably had to learn or or be schooled did, on yeah. skills that you never thought I you bought would a, need. I bought a book called So You Want to Be an Innkeeper. That's literally what it was called. And I like the so because that was kind of like really right. sarcastic. So you want to be an innkeeper, huh? Right. And 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 yet and you had to learn how to staff up. You uh, had yeah. to learn how to have programming, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know? Everything. I had staff of 55. But then, the, you know, just just because we don't have a, a lot of time there are two other things that that I actually jumped into feet first was was the ch- you know co-founding the children's museum of the right. east end was again another thing where I joined the american youth museums I went to all these conferences and everything and and, that and what of, and what motivated that I had kids and there wasn't much to do out here all right so but so then it was a niche 
that you saw needed to be created and filled because of your own personal experience. And then it's like, oh, let's start a museum. Yeah. But then there was one more thing when I was up in New Hampshire, which I always forget about, was the Gnus of Gnu London, which was like, you know, the cows of New York, where you get kind of large fiberglass painted you have artists paint them, and you have yeah. them sponsored, and then you auction yeah, them in, off. In Los Angeles, they had angels all around Los Angeles that right, did the well, same. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I did this almost in, entirely on my own. I got 27 sponsorships, 27 artists. I had, had a big auction. There, there did, like, a committee kind of sprung up around right. me. But, but that I did for fun. You see what I mean? I right. just wanted and, to do and, something and like that. And here's the thing. And so, you know, I like reading about innovation. Uh, I know Walter Isaacson has written a lot about people who have been yes. innovators. I also really love Stephen Johnson. And he wrote uh, a book, how, do you, how, how Did We Get to Now? And he wrote another book, Wonderland. And they both really look at the history of innovation. And, I, and so I'll talk about things like I know what I'm talking about, but they really come from what I've read from his books. One of them is The Adjacent Possible, which is a theory of innovation that I love, which is that the true value of an idea or the true value of a moment of innovation isn't necessarily the very first thing. It's the thing that's right next to the very first thing. So by starting something, and the example would be a dining room table where the table sits as its own framework, uh, but it's the conversation that happens over the meal, that's the adjacent possible. And, or and the chairs. Or the chairs. Because you wouldn't or, have any place to or sit. Or the silverware. Or the, there's so many different right. adjacent possibles. The other thing that I really took from, from uh, How We Got to Now, um, the book, was uh, something called Darwin's Paradox. And Darwin's Paradox, another uh, theory of innovation, uh, has to do with the fact that he was on the beagle looking at a, a, a reef and looking at the ocean and looking at the sand and realizing that the ocean was calm, uh, the sand was calm. That's that's uh, Scooby, by the Scooby. way. Scooby. Uh, that's my dog, Scooby. Sorry about that. Uh, but the ocean was calm. The sand was calm. And the reef, there was all this violence. And yet the reef is where there were all of the species. Yeah. So it's, it's the idea that when you make collisions, when you create a place where there are collisions, you get innovation. You get things, niches. Well, so, you can have a very innovative idea. I mean, I've certainly had many, many friends in my life who have these brilliant ideas. You need to take action. It sounds like the reef is where the action is happening. Right. And, right. and, and, and I the think spur when I, is where the, the action spur, is and happening. And the spur, that's what I actually, when I was first introduced to the spur, what I really was drawn to was, was here was this place where there could be these collisions of thought, these collisions of people doing things, and that the adjacent possible is something that you probably won't even know what it is, but it will exist because... Ashley and, and his fellow uh, Spur mates, I guess, uh, uh, the team Spur. We've got to come up a better, with a better name. I know. I, well, but Spur comes from like inspiration, uh, uh, you know, yeah. and, and also the Spur of the Railroad, which he'll talk about. But that um, Inspiration, innovation, and conversation at the train station. Ooh, I just channeled Eddie German. That's <laughs> it. Exactly. But, but that, I, that I think that that's something that I'm always interested in. I certainly know that, uh, that in my own life, the places where I have uh, been innovative uh, come from some continuing conversation where all of a sudden an aha moment happens, and then I have the framework to follow up on it. Why don't we take a break, and then when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll bring Ashley on, and we'll really talk about uh, his journey and uh, the creation and the future of the spur. And jumping in feet first. Jumping in feet first, uh, no matter what, whether it's fire or water. That's great. Well, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Alex Sokolow and Bridget Leroy here on WPPB 88.3 FM, Long Island's only NPR station. We'll be right back.
The following is a public service announcement from 88.3 WPPB. Founded in 2002, Fighting Chance is a free-of-charge cancer counseling and resource center independent from any hospital and funded solely by charitable contributions located in Sag Harbor on Long Island's East End, providing patients and their caregivers free access to a variety of resources and professional counseling. More information at fightingchance.org or 631-725-4646. are back with Sundays on the East End here with Bridget Leroy and Alex Oclo and we're going to bring on our guest Ashley Heather from the Spur uh, people ask all the time what is the Spur and Ashley's going to tell us yeah all right <laughs> Ashley well welcome thank you for coming on thank you so excited to be here I know you both well and uh, excited to be on the air yeah fantastic and so let's talk about the Spur like uh, where did the idea come from for you um, I would say it's been with me almost since the day I was born. Um, like all good ideas, it's just, it's, it's an evolution of who you are as a person and your life's experiences to that point. So um, I've been lucky enough to travel the world when I was six months old. I was born in England, so hen- you might be able to hear the accent just about. Uh, what what months, part of England? Uh, just outside of London. Okay. Uh, Taplow is where I was born. Oh, Taplow. Uh, I, yeah. I know Taplow Court really well. It's yep. like, that's where the Buddhist, my, it's a big Buddhist place now. Right. Yeah. Very um, cool. Moved to Versailles, uh, Paris. Um, uh, when I was six months old, so didn't really know England that you know that well right. at that time. Well, and, and like, did your my father's job? He worked for Caterpillar, big truck company. Oh yeah, um, oh, cool. And that was their European headquarters. Was in, in Versailles. Versailles. In Versailles. No, no kidding. Not the palace, but yeah. close. <laughs> and uh, so, so, you're also, so you were Paris adjacent. So yeah, Paris adjacent, and I spoke French. That was my first language. I spoke French before English. Wow. Je parle le français. And then uh, moved. When I was four, um, moved to uh, Peoria, Illinois, which wow, is well, Caterpillar's the- head office. <laughs> head right. office. Culture shop. Exactly, culture <laughs> shop. So, uh, you know, pistols and uh, Halloween, and I have memories of, you know, having huge garbage bags full of candy and all that great stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and they hate the French and English there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but it gave me, you know, it gave me an intro, I guess, to the American culture, not that I knew it at the time. Yeah. Um, and then when I was seven, I moved back to England wow. and, you know, grew up in England from, from that point on. Um, and so I think for me, change has just been my life. You know, I, right. I, uh, my parents, uh, as well as their jobs, like renovating homes and we would move every two years. So even in England, there was no like one place that we were. We were continually moving. So, um, so you've almost lived in a constant state of building something. Correct. Everything's always been, there's never been a stasis. There's never been a, this is normal. Everything has always changed, whether it's language, whether it's a location, whether it's an environment. It's like is being it, an army brat, kind of. In right, right. but is, that, is, that, is that difficult to be still? Uh, even now for me, yes. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a still person. I'm not uh, that comfortable with, with, with consistency or with regularity. Right. So wow, but, I but so relate. Um, right, but, you, but you're a husband and a dad, and you have to be consistent to be. for both. You so, have to be. So, yeah, so you need that side of your uh, brain that's playful. And that's good, and that pulls it out. I think like everything, it's the duopoly of two sides, right? And so I'm definitely index high on that 
sort of creative, innovative side, but at the same time, you've got to have that stability and that rock. And, you know, my wife and the family definitely play. play I I relate so so much to what you're saying, though, because I also, I mean, I I did have a home base in New York, the the apartment that Alec remembers from high school. Um, But but we were always traveling because Tony was always doing a film somewhere. So, I mean, I would literally come home from school in sixth grade and my mom would be, pack your bags, we're moving to England tomorrow, you know, for nine months. So I'm going to homeschool you or you're going to go to this school. So you're clearly very good with people because you always had to make new friends. And I I do think there are two kinds of people or dreamers uh, in the world. And and there are people who who dream of the castle but don't really want to live in the castle. And there are people who want to live in the castle, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking. Um, I've always been more the the first like I, I and I think that's one of the attractions of writing is I get to build these things in my head and then I'm done with them and I get yeah. to build something else I'm done with them um, so again so it's let's, the let's, same thing with you you move but in your head yeah from in my place head to place. yeah yeah anyway. so so you've always had this this this, this desire yep. um, and I know uh, just just from us speaking like you you were in tech and you were in things uh, in the 90s into the yep. early aughts uh, again just by way of introduction how did you get into that industry at that point? Like, right. uh, well, from college, I did economics um, at uh, college uh, in England at university, um, and then got into a job with a big auto company, Ford Credit. I like money. I like cars. It seemed like a great place to start. Uh, <laughs> Rather bank, than just basically. spending all your money on like a Lamborghini. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but my tech life went back. My elder brother was a developer in his very young age, and he and I built computer games. He did most of the coding. And I did the graphics when we were teenagers. Wow, and that's, that's cool. That's 30, you know, that's the late 80s. What kind of game? Like, um, It was a bat and ball game called Fireball where you had bricks and you knocked a ball through the bricks and we built that game. And, Alec uh, did um, Skylanders, right? You wrote but uh, the but I, I wrote the, the, if you want to get all haughty with the words, I wrote the, the meta uh, uh, narrative of... Okay. Of the game. The I don't game. know what those words mean, and I'm not interested in learning. No, I'm no, kidding. And, and neither <laughs> was I. But, but, uh, it was you wrote the story. I wrote the story, but not the story in the gameplay. The story of the experience. Cool. If that makes sense. So, so it's fun. So I've been around technology. I guess you know, even though I'm, uh, I wasn't a developer. I didn't learn to code. Yeah. I've um, been around, comfortable with technology, and so for the first few years, uh, moved to London after university and worked there as a manager consultant. Um, and ended up building technology, building call centers, building internet systems, uh, and just being around building some very advanced mobile systems. We did the world's very first location weather service in the late 90s. And and what is that? So Vodafone and um, the Met, uh, which is the weather service in the the UK, basically we created a location-based weather service that you could text your phone the weather for your location. Four smartphones, (laughs) all through a text message. Um, and farmers needed this, sailors needed this. Yeah. It wasn't a, really yeah. a consumer product. It was really a business product yeah. where industries needed weather data based on what they were doing. And we were the very first to do that. And that must have been I really led, exciting. Sort of led that project. It was very exciting. Um, and I wanted to build an incubator uh, at the management consulting firm that I was at in the right. late 90s. Uh, came over here, saw all the excitement in 2000, the gold rush, all the things yeah. that were happening. Got excited, went back, presented to my, my the, the boss. And they said, yeah, great idea. Here you go. You do it. We've got the space for you. Um, we'll fund you. We'll double your salary. You can run the incubator. It's going to be fun. Okay, did you have a moment? Because we're talking about innovation yep. and jumping in feet first. Did you have a moment there where you were like, 
oh, shit's getting real. <laughs> yeah, no, and it was. It was, It was. was. wow, they've accepted all my proposals except one point, which is I wanted to have equity. I wanted to have partial ownership in this thing I was creating. Right. And they ah, said, and they it's said no. It's a money deal. And they said, <laughs> and they said, I, I said no. Uh, they said everything else, but they said, no, you can't have a piece of the pie. Yeah. And so that's it. I left. I went to the States. I literally, three so weeks, I resigned. I resigned. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to go to where all this is happening. Right. Yeah. And I left. There's I that great line from the movie The Right Stuff. No bucks, no Buck Rogers. Right. Yeah, right. So right. that's it. So it, it was, uh, and you know, the money, they were, they were paying me a good salary, but it was more about ownership. So to me, it wasn't yeah. a money thing per se. It was more a sort of control ownership. Like it was something I was creating. It was a new thing. And I felt that I didn't want to be working for them doing it. I wanted to be yeah, creating yeah. it for me right. with them supporting. Yeah, absolutely. And, so and, and another thing, my, my, my grandfather used to say that uh, if you don't own the shop, you're just another soda jerk. Right. So, yeah. And we're talking with, um, with yeah. Ashley Heather from The Spur, which is a co-working space and so much more in, uh, uh, in so Southampton. So much more in the co-working space. So, like, how, how did you end up over... So, know? long story. Uh, so, moved to New York, uh, started some tech companies, was involved in technology. I opened a space in 2002 in the Flatiron District. I had 10,000 square feet, 15 startup companies in it. Um, ended up joining one of those, built it out, got venture-backed. Um, it was very exciting in the mid 2000s. Uh, it crashed in the in the oh eight crash. I started another company, a creative agency in the city, um, and ran that for four years till 2012. Was lucky enough to sell that. It was acquired by a much bigger company. Finally, had kind of made some money. Mm -hmm. Bought a house out here. I hadn't spent much time on the East End, but um, I had grown up in rural England, so it feels very similar, except the beach. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> fell in love with it when I came out here. Had young kids. Wanted that lifestyle change from the city. And that was 2012. And then finally um, decided four years later, why am I spending 20% of the time in the place that I love and 80% of the time I dislike, meaning the city. Amen. And, uh, and we flipped and I persuaded my wife. We had our third child was born and the city life mm -hmm. was just getting crazy. And we thought, look, let's switch our lives and let's move out to the house where we have space and a nice lifestyle. And I'll go back and forth to the city to keep on top of business. Do and you that was think the starter. I have a theory that... Um, you know, that, that people who lead or start new things are basically, I don't want to say unhappy, but let's say are dissatisfied. Yeah, I, I know that's kind of... Change comes from within. No, no, it yeah. comes from within. You, you're, you're, you're building it, in this case, for the spur. I'm, I'm selfish. I'm building it for myself because I've the journey that we've gone through over the last four years of being a full-time resident out here and seeing and trying to identify the other people out here who are making change happen and... I call them change agents, people who are, you know, building, right. growing things. Well, you know, so in my own life, among the, there, there are many factors that, I, that moved me out here about three and a half years ago. But one of them was I felt like the world had flattened and I could do my job from anywhere. And why not be somewhere I loved and wanted to be? as opposed to feeling tethered to a place I didn't really need to be. Right. And that's kind of similar to, I think, what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, I think that's what, there's a, there's a whole cadre of us, and I think there's three populations. There's young people trying to start new things. They don't have to be young, but people starting new things. Yeah, there's thank people you for trying making that to, differentiation. That, no, it's important. <laughs> we'll talk about that with the spur, because yeah. it's not a youth-based thing at all. It's a psychology-based thing about starting something new and going through that change. There's a, there's a, um, a sort of a, I've got a company and I want to grow it faster. So I have this thing, but I want to, it, there's more opportunity than I know how to do it. That's a different type of person or group. 
and then there's the people who are sort of shifting and they're, they, they, they want to open themselves up. They're, they're done with their careers. Maybe they're older and they want to figure out what their back nine is and, and how do they get into something. And so there are three different groups that we service and we help and support, but it's all around change and transition. That's fantastic, that last point, because two guys, like really successful guys in business that I've, that I've met recently, one of them was on the panel, um, who kind of are like forks in the road where, the, where they're, you know, kind of maybe of retirement age. You know, a spur? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spur. Spur. Exactly. But but you know they they have money, they don't have a project, and right. and or, or something to keep their brain, Active. you know. Right, but there's also there's the also spinning. this this um, there are these you know theories of life, and and it's actually Jupiter takes twenty nine years to go around the sun, and there's this theory that we live our lives in in pockets of twenty nine years, and from birth to twenty nine, we're one person. We wow, play one really, role. I started the paper at twenty nine, and, and and then from twenty nine to fifty eight. We're in our middle passage, and we're, we're in another role that we're learning. Yep. And then after 58, yep. you find another role. And so I think that's a little bit what you're saying, is that people who have been one thing to themselves are we're always changing. Right. And, and perhaps out, out here on the East End, you do have a lot of people who have had careers, have had uh, marriages and families, and, and have played a role, and they're looking to play another role. And again, you're creating the framework. Yep to allow people, the sandbox to allow people to play in. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what is the spur? The spur is a community. It's not a physical place, per se. It's a community. It's of like-minded people. Uh, different groups. But it does have a really cool physical space. Yeah, and right it's about now. to have yeah, a so cooler how you find one. that building? <laughs> oh, it does. No, 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 no. I mean, well, there's point one on my manifesto here is, you know, you have to bring people together. I started bringing Ashley has together. a manifesto, by the way. I know, I know Ted Kaczynski had a manifesto. <laughs> it's a 10 uh, point really plan. <laughs> it's a 10 <laughs> point plan. But you know what? Well, can we, we'll can we, to we're going to sure. hit it. We're going to, we're actually going to take, take another, another interlude. Take sure. another interlude. Uh, Sundays on the East End here with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. You're listening to us here on WPPB, Peconic Public Broadcasting 88.3 FM, Long Island's only NPR station. You can always listen to us here. You can listen to us online at 883wppe.org, and you can always make a donation. So we'll be right back. Thanks. 365 days a year, WPPB is working for you on the air and on our website. WPPB has a helpful community calendar on our site. Just go to 883wppb.org to the community calendar tab and tell us about your activity or event. It's free, easy, and fast. WPPB is the voice of the community, 365 days a year, seven days a week, on the air and online. Spread the word about your community events. Go to 883wppb.org. My life is more than a vision. The sweetest part is acting after making a decision. Start seeing the whole as a summer vision. Hey, we are back. Uh, Sunday's on the East End. This is Alex Sokolow. And Bridget Leroy. Our guest today is uh, Ashley Heather, uh, the founder and uh, inspirational force of The Spur. And we're having a very spurless conversation. Spurious? Spurious conversation. (laughs) Uh, So we kind of dropped off. Um, and we were starting to talk about your uh, manifesto, but but you know one of the other things that uh, before we, we we fully dive into the spur, you know you, you started I Hamptons and and that's kind of a Shark Tank thing where you're trying to like incubate 
new businesses or people who are trying to do new things. Can we talk about that a little bit? So that was one of the first things I did when I moved out here was trying to create an online community of, of like-minded entrepreneurial innovators. I, I Hamptons is innovation in, in the Hamptons. That's where the name you know came from. Not that exciting. Um, <laughs> but we grew, you know, we grew pretty quickly. Um, we had our first meeting in 2017. Um, and wow, that's all? Yeah, it's all happened in the last 18 months. I wow. think it was in June 2017 was our first iHamptons meeting. Um, and it was really a collection of 30 or 40 people who kind of responded to the call to arms. And um, we met at a local builder's house, actually, Frank DeVito's house. And, um, and I just sort of presented this concept of bringing together innovators and what did we need, what were the tools we needed, you know, sharing experiences and, and really just helping each other. Um, and that grew into this this uh, sort of Shark Tank competition called Riptide Sink right. or Swim. Riptide is what I got Riptide, you invited yeah. me into. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So right, Scooby is... is uh, Scooby's going to be taking a little take, break. We're gonna, Scooby, go live on a farm upstate. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, what we, you, that's what you tell your kids when the dog dies. Uh, I know. That's horrible. Or that they went to college. Sparky went to college. Oh, that's nice. No. All right, so let's talk about... Let's talk about uh, yeah, so Ripped... So, so, I Hamptons, we were a group of people. There were some young people with ideas, and I wanted to create a, a platform and a foundation for them to be able to, to grow. And so we created Riptide in the Shark Tank format um, and basically a presentation where local entrepreneurs could present and meet um, and get uh, mentorship from you know successful entrepreneurs who were also living on the East End and then ultimately win some prize money so they could kick And how did you get the word out for that? That's what I was going to say. I mean, it, it sounds like conceptually fabulous, but right. how did who like who's the first person that you approached and said, "You're successful. Would you like to mentor someone?" Oh, Do you know what God. I mean? I'm trying to I'm trying to go back there. I'm not in some sense you know, we'd use Facebook. Um, and, and when I was in the city, okay. I ran a, uh, an advertising marketing agency. So I knew the principles of how to, you know, develop a brand and, and, and get our name out there to some degree. And certainly Facebook is a useful tool for that. And then that. people would come to and you. And then people came and we, um, you know, we, we sort of worked with some of the local media a little bit. Um, but really, I think it was just an organic thing. It was the first time it had happened. So people latched onto it and said, right. hey, this is good. And, and just helped spread it through their, their Rolodex, their friends right. and their right. social networks. Right. And, and actually, and you have a column in The Independent now. We do. And that's yeah. all morphed into exactly a column in the independent i think we've got a story coming out either this week or next yeah yeah I think right so. but but again so so you you have this idea you know that there are people it goes yep. back to what you were saying uh, being an incubator you know a couple decades ago even uh, people have you know there are people trying to do things and you're saying uh i can help facilitate give them a platform in the case of uh riptide to even give them the funds and the resources to take their idea from point A to point B. Exactly. I mean, iHamptons is a not-for-profit, so that's the most important thing. We're a community not-for-profit. Um, and it's clear. And it's i-hamptons. i-hamptons.com. Right. Yeah. It's amazing that wasn't already com. taken. Uh, dot com. Yeah, yeah. It isn't that amazing yep. that that wasn't taken? That's um, amazing. Like by an optometrist or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wrong spelling. <laughs> uh, well, that's all the URLs are wrong spelling. It's all that's left. It's all that's left. But anyway, the Riptide is fantastic. I yeah. mean, I showed up thinking, eh, and it was I, yeah. for this year and Wick so and Wine second year. was yeah, this year. Yeah, we did it for the second year this year in November. Um, and a Veterans Day weekend, and it was great. We had 120, 130 people in the audience. Um, you know, we had Alec here on on the as one of our four sort of judges in the panel. We gave away thirty five thousand dollars in cash uh, and and prizes. And um, yeah, John from Wickham Wine was the was the winner. A young guy lived on the North Fork, building this business, working four jobs. And we just did a story about him for the paper as well. And it's basically like wine bottles, the, bo the like the bottom of the wine bottles. 
being right. recycled into candles. And yeah. I mean, it's a, just a great idea. And last year was Tote Taxi. Was Tote Taxi. Danielle so Danielle Candela, uh, yeah. again, a local. She joined I Hamptons. Um, she grew up out here, but was drawn to the city, like most, most what I would call talented youth, this brain drain, this issue that we have right, here, right. The, the young talent leave. Um, so she was in the city working a job. She'd come back and, uh, you know, notice this problem with people bringing golf bags and all this stuff on the trains and ultimately um, got to deal with Blade, the helicopter company, to help people flying out there who've got a lot of stuff and, and created this app to allow people to basically say, hey, pick up my stuff from the city and bring it out to my home. Um, because I've got too much stuff to carry on public right. transport. Oh, my parents um, have that problem when they come on the jitney because they're they're getting older. I'm sure yep. they're listening right now, and you know what was once an easy, just yep. an easy thing for them right. to bring is is overwhelming. Right, and and like most good ideas, you think why doesn't that already exist? Right. It's so it makes so much sense. Yeah, so was her journey was, is, is fabulous. She just started the company when she met us in, 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 in Riptide. We gave her, you know, I think $15,000. She's now moved out here full time. She now lives in Southampton. So we pulled her back from the city. Yeah. She bought a van. That is and, so important. And that's, you know, that's what Riptide and I Hamptons is about, is about finding these young entrepreneurs and creating a spotlight and creating a beacon. Well, that with the spur itself, you do have different sort of levels of, of membership, yep. and you do offer. Um, maybe this is why it's thought of as being a place for young people, when in right. fact it's for people of all ages who yep. are into in innovation and, and inspiration. Yep. But that you do offer younger people a place where they can go right. and yep. let's go to the manifesto. You know, yeah, I, I that's the manifesto. Yeah, the I came plan. I came for I Hamptons, but I'm staying <laughs> for the manifesto. There we go. There we go. <laughs> as long as it's not Ted Kaczynski's manifesto. Okay. Which, by the way, I, I don't. Approve prove anything that Ted Kaczynski did I, but if you if you read the manifesto interesting <laughs> all right so <laughs> all right so so what we are had you, his, a, his <laughs> agent come on sorry 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 no, no. so ahead. we had I Hamptons it was a virtual organization we had no physical space um, and it was clear that we needed a space like we needed the church hall of of this innovation space and that's right. essentially what the spur became um, and we found a, an old building um, by the railway tracks in Southampton Village that, that embodied a lot of the things that we love, the this, this sort of history of the town. It's an 1885 old coal and grain barn. Uh, it's on the train tracks. It's um, gorgeous. I want to live there. It's, it's, I call it the liveliest living room in the Hamptons. It's <laughs> Absolutely. Kind of like a, it's Absolutely. a fabulous it's place where, where people come and hang and work and socialize. And we call it work, play, learn. So there's three pillars to what we offer. So a place to come and work instead of working from home for those people that are bored five Which, days a week. Which, by the way, again, as and again, I'm a writer. I don't really have a, like a brick-and-mortar business. I can't tell you how uh, much I value the idea of getting out and going someplace to write and having both the private space to write but the, but being in a public space where I can have conversations, see people, be part of an energy. So I But then also return to your your work absolutely. without people bugging you. Absolutely. So really good. go ahead, sorry. Sorry, no. go ahead. So, you know, so the work so some people come just for a few hours to take a meeting with, with, with some of their, their guests. Some people come there almost every day. We've got a, a number of our members are there on a daily basis, and it is their hub and heartbeat of their business and what they're doing. Um, and then other members come after. Uh, so 5 o'clock we have a Moonlight membership where people who maybe have got a 9 to 5 somewhere, but they want to be an entrepreneur or they want to learn or be around people, and they can come to our events um, and network and, and meet some of these other uh, fine folks that we have as members. And, and, you know, for people who haven't been in a co-working space, they may not really understand how important it is because I have an office. I can go and work at, at the Independent and I have a home, but there are distractions there where if 
I can get so much more done when I'm at a place where everyone seems to be focused. Right. Um, you know, there's no laundry. There's no kids. Not that I ever did the laundry or took care of right. my kids for that matter. Right. But, you know, they're still there. And, and you know, it doesn't matter ma male, female, whatever. It's not a, not a sexist thing. But it's good to get out of that environment because you shake something up in yep. your brain and then you have a and like you hear a, a new you know the collisions that uh, Alex was talking about you hear other conversations I think that's part of innovation everybody at the spur is talking about building something growing something changing something and so you pick it up through osmosis because you're sat here doing your thing and you've either got headphones on or you're just you know kind of working in your own zone but next to you and around you are people talking about things and so you learn again through osmosis you get either inspired or maybe and and then relationships get formed business relationships partnerships uh, we call them spur stories and we're going to kind of release a whole series of these spur stories of things that have happened at the spur things that have grown from the spur or started right. there we were just joking about one one earlier with um so there's dozens of those intersections that are happening are I we think. in the manifesto yet or are we we, still just uh, we haven't got to the man well oh, point, point one. one. Point okay, one point is one. okay. Point one is of the of the manifesto um, is bring people together in a net zero, meaning environmentally net zero, physical space that's affordable, innovative, elegant, and inspiring. That's basically. I don't know what net zero means. Uh, from an environment that we we, okay. we generate the is that energy like a that we need. Former Coca Cola. <laughs> No, that's, 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 <laughs> zero. That's, that's zero. zero. That's just zero. That's not net zero. zero. Okay. That's just Coke zero. No, the concept is that you know we want to be environmentally friendly as a, as a movement right. and as a group of people. Uh, health and wellness and the environment of ourselves and the uh, things around us are critically important to Spur members. Um, and so, in the new location we're building, it's you know net zero is, is one of the goals that we have for that building. Um, but anyway, it's and, the and, and that's the new location. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about that also. All right. right. So what's but number our two? current right? Number two is offer services to those that are looking to launch or grow their business business um, idea. So the services are, you know, office space, right? I need a physical space. That's just part of it. But it's way beyond that. So it's the marketing services you need, the IT support, uh, the operational, the HR. So a lot of our partnerships that we brought together are to help people take the hassle out of working and building a business. There's lots of decisions you have to make, lots of new things you're doing. So by joining the Spur, you're getting access to this network. That's what I was going to ask. Is, is that an extra like I mean and and what what approximately because people are gonna yep. want to know what approximately is the cost the cost of the physical space we have two memberships if you come and you just want to use the lounge and come and hang and take meetings mm -hmm. in an open area that's two hundred dollars a month um, during the basically day basically the price of a, a of a dinner for two or three people yep. out here and it includes free breakfast uh, we do a hot breakfast and it includes free breakfast by the time you spent ten bucks at Starbucks you basically ten bucks. paid what size coffee are you getting? I'm getting the 30 ounce. It's like well, $9. You, for, you and your meeting, for you and your meeting partner, right? If you're meeting somebody, yeah, you're yeah. both buying coffee. Yeah, you basically yeah. spend, you know, 10, 15 bucks between you. Um, especially if you eat something. Yeah, right? no, I was going to say, I mean, so mine is much more. So this isn't just coffee, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, so that's that's $200. And then it's $500, so an extra $300 if you want to dedicate a desk, which is your desk. No one else can sit there. You can leave things there. Um, and you can come from oh, you know, the All right, yeah. so, so I know that there, there's, there's that area that do have those desks. Yep. I, I never knew that that's... That yeah, that's where they work me. every day. That's fantastic. That's, that's, that's where we have printers, we have IT support, we have um, marketing services uh, and all that stuff in-house. Um, and so... That's you know that's the services. So that's point two is is that we're not just offering a space. We're offering a set of services for those for those people. Um, 
The next one, providing mentorship support uh, for local developing entrepreneurs to maximize the chance of positive outcomes. So the issue of being an entrepreneur is it's very risky. It's like a one in 10. And so our goal is through the mentorship programs that we've developed is to help entrepreneurs be, you know, three in 10 instead of one in 10, given the experience that, that we have and our, our mentors have. So that's the key. I, and I, I'll, I'll just interject. I think that's the key to all success is mentorship is the idea that uh, somebody has done something and if you follow their footsteps, you'll yep. probably have a better positive result. Yep. If, you know, so I, I, I love exactly. that. So Mentorship Mondays, we do that once a month. It's actually this Monday coming up uh, is this month's Mentorship Monday, and we bring outside experts in. Uh, we have Barbara Roberts, who's going to be talking about the business framework, um, which MIT uses for startups, companies, and she's going to be presenting that. She runs Columbia University's entrepreneurship program. So, wow. you know, very credited That's so cool. individual and lives out here, uh, has a home. Um, in North Haven. So, you know, as a local as well. So uh, she's presenting on Monday. So that's our, our mentorship piece. Um, so then we've got create a trusted plug-in community to facilitate the sharing of ideas, life experiences through fun and social interaction. So this well, moves the that, needle beyond yeah. the work and we call it work, play, learn. So people do three things at the Spur. You come there to work, you come there to play. The play is really... Um, to, to network and to, and to yeah, build I, these I've, relationships. I've, I've spun records there. I've been there a DJ. Go. That was cool as yeah. heck. Yeah. You know? And I did the Future of Media panel, yep. and that was really wonderful. And, yeah. you know, it, and I love the idea of the intergenerational aspect of, of getting people um, you know, who have accomplished a great deal in their life um, w from different aspects, whether yeah. it's even a home life or, or, or whatever, uh, but have been somewhat innovative um, and then being having an, a willing audience to pass that on right. to. Right, but also playing playing is part of creation and innovation, and and well, it's, it's an part essential of trust. Part. It's part yeah. of trust. To me, that's why I said we're building a trusted community. Um, and you know, sometimes when you're working with people and so forth, you it's not the same relationship. When you right. break that away and you spend time in that play cycle, um, you build stronger bonds and stronger relationships. And I think that is again core of. Um, what we do. So the next one, providing innovation-focused education programming for every stage of our community, from the youth to the parents to the seniors. So, you know, we have to. We're as focused on the innovation of the next generation, the young, as we are in the current uh, and the seniors. And so we have a program called iKids that we launched two years ago, um, that we're just restarting on January 20th, again on Sunday mornings for kids between seven and 12. Um, and it's a STEAM-based learning program, so it's all about robotics and uh, drones and 3D printing and all those great things. And if things. you're a member, you can just bring your If you're your a member, kid, you can bring your a, kid. A little um, extra fee. Exactly. There's a little extra fee. Uh, we feed the kids, too. We have an outside STEAM expert come and, and run the sessions. It's two hours wow, every Sunday morning. that's so exciting. I wish I had an... Oh, no, I don't. I was going to say, I wish you I had come. a kid between yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, 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 I wish you guys had a STEAM room. That steam room, nice. <laughs> I wish nice. you had robotics for grown-ups. In the new I space. Wanna come, yeah, I yeah. want to come and learn how yeah, to yeah, do exactly. that. In the new but you space. know, I, I think it's probably time for us to take another little break. Okay, so, so we're, we're halfway through the manifesto. Yep. We're, um, we're We just did point five. So far, I, I have such a better understanding of what the spur is, and, I, and I've been a member, so this is really cool. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Alex Sokolo. And Bridget Leroy here on WPPB, Peconic Pug public public broadcasting at uh, the only NPR station on Long Island. We'll be right back after these messages. Is there someone in your life you'd like to honor? Family member, friend, an unsung hero? Nominate them for a Merci Bouquet delivered free from Sag Harbor Florist. 
Send name and contact information to bonnie at 883wppb.org and listen Friday mornings on the Media Mavens on WPPB. Merci Bouquet, giving thanks to our community. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. You went to school to learn, girl. Things you never, never do before. And why two plus two makes four? Nine, nine, nine. I'm gonna teach you all about love, yeah. Sit yourself down, take a seat. Oh, all you gotta do is repeat after me. Hey, we're back. Sunday's on the East End. This is Alex Sokolow. And Bridget Leroy. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB. And we're here with Ashley Heather of The Spur, which you can also find online at thespur.com. That's right. right. Yep. And and we were kind of uh, wading our way through uh, your manifesto. Well, you make it sound very unpleasant, wading our way we through. Were, uh, we were uh, through. skipping through. We were, we, were, we were prancing <laughs> through the manifesto. There you go. That's better. Okay, so we finished with five, right, or six? Uh, I've got Who's one more that I track? skipped. Uh, so we're, yeah, the, the um, uh, create an investment platform to accelerate growth of high potential ideas and businesses. So that's kind of part of Riptide, but Riptide 2.0. We've got a fund that we're raising called Spur On, uh, which is a growth fund, an investment fund from uh, local investors who want to kind of help and participate local businesses grow. Um, and so that'll be part of what we're announcing, you know, later in this year. Wow, that's so exciting. Um, but part of kind of the spur business. Um, and it's sort of moving into number seven, which is related to that, creating a new economic engine to diversify the local economy and help increase white-collar jobs and reducing the polarization of resort towns. Sounds right, no, a lot better. No, 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 no that's that a really good one. Like, that's a mouthful. So, so how does one create an economic engine? So you have to look to the future rather than the past. I think the East End is focused on a few major industries. Uh, construction, obviously, is one of those. And keeping up all these wonderful homes that we have. Yeah. Right. Um, farming, obviously, is, a, is another one. Right, the heritage industry. The heritage industries, right? right. right. Health yeah. and wellness is, you know, is another one. Um, so those have all been evolving as they have. Um, and so our focus at the Spur is, is somewhat those, but also what's new. So media, technology. Uh, food and drink innovation, mm -hmm. health and wellness innovation, and trying to bring in these, as you said, you can work from anywhere on your phone and laptop these days. So how do we bring more of those um, those innovators into this economy um, instead of just being here maybe for the weekend? Maybe they're already homeowners of the weekend. How do we bring them out here so full time? Is one of your big kind of um, overriding objectives to keep um, young people in the area. Yeah, brain drain. We call that yeah. brain drain is the, is the, is the, is the issue. So, um, so how do we attract them, keep them, show them there is a fun, cool place to grow and, 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 and learn new skills, launch a business or join businesses that are doing interesting things and you don't have to run to the city or elsewhere to find that stimulation. Do you have anything in particular for teenagers that sort of teach them? I mean, when, when we were talking at the beginning and everything that you've done, Ashley, it has to do with fear, yep. you know, with, with overcoming the fear of of jumping into something and saying, you know, why not? And, fear you know, fear and, why. and indecision, I think, which might be in, entwined, but the, the indecision uh, that happens of do I do this or do I do that? And so people always, I think, looking for a signal. And I think, again, what the spur does in my mind is it pre pre presents maybe a magnet where you say, you know, potentially come here, be part of the conversation, and you might actually get your answers. 
Yep. But like, for example, an, say some 20-year-old, not, not college-educated, yep. has a great idea for a business that they want to do. They walk in. Wh- so what I'm on number eight. Do? So number yeah. eight, perfect segue into number eight, which perfect. is provide a platform for a new type of living space aimed at young, talented, skilled workers via the Spur Foundation. Love that. So awesome. the issue of affordable housing is a huge issue. We talk about it regularly. You hear about it. Um, you know, if you're young and talented uh, and you're either growing up or you have family or you're lucky enough to, to own a house out here or be part of that, or if you're elsewhere and, and love it out here but would want to spend more time, um, being able to stay here. So we're going to launch uh, Spur Scholarships, um, and our goal is to create a new type of uh, living situation. I can't go into too much details. Right. Uh, that's a very affordable and is tied to work and entrepreneurship and joining that innovation economy. Um, but I'm picturing those pods in Japan. Okay. <laughs> you're close. You're close. You're close. Okay. Um, so four by exactly. four by eight exactly. living space. You just yep. sleep there. Um, and you know, it's 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 obviously there's you know the the word affordable housing has a certain uh, term. That's why we're calling it scholarship housing. So you have to attain a level of of um, sort of academic uh, and inspiration to kind of be part of it uh, and allowed in. Um, uh, and then the teenagers, we hope to help when we move to the new location, our current location. Um, we're looking to try and kind of create a teenage hub for innovation um, in oh, that great. existing space. So that's number eight. That's number eight. We're almost there. Two <laughs> more to go. Okay. Uh, so number nine, supporting a strong work-life balance with innovative wellness, nutrition programming that supports the body, mind, and spirit. So I think one of the hardest things being an entrepreneur is change and the stress that is that you put on the body and the mind going through that change. And so that one of our core principles at the Spur is, is health and wellness. We mm-hmm. have a stretching studio in partnership with Limber in our current, current space, and we have a lot more to come in the new space. Um, but even our food. So uh, my wife and I do a thing called Whole30 every January. This is the fourth oh, yeah. year that we've been I've doing it. it. Yep. So we're 10 days in. Um, it's fantastic. So I our, love that our, program. So our food at the Spur is Whole30 compliant. Um, for the month of January. It's, it's kind of like paleo, but but even a little bit more intense. Yeah. I mean, you really don't have maple syrup or any sort of sugar no, no at sugar, all. It's no fats. sugar, no dairy. Um, um, and it's really no just trying to reprogram, you know. reprogram the brain on not looking to food for pleasure. I think as a society, we use food as a happiness source, uh-huh. which isn't a bad thing right. per se, but if you're doing it all the time and you're not having other things in your life, so create this happiness. Be more mindful. Be more mindful. Yes. Okay. And so and using food as nutrition. Yeah. So using food as nutrition rather than like, you know, that, that sort of excitement and taking sugar out of it is one of those big yeah. things. Well, I, I so hate addictive. sugar. I think sugar is actually a source of so many ills uh, for the soul, for the yep. body, for the mind. I think that, uh, you know, a thousand years from now, if uh, humanity still exists, yep. we will look back and look at sugar as one of the, the banes of existence. It's a but, drug. But, it's a drug. But it's also something that universally is, is beloved. Yep. It goes past culture. Yeah, and it has for thousands of years. So, yeah. um, so that's number nine. So number ten, we're almost there, last one, is ah. t- to partner because we can't do it all ourselves, right? There's a, there's a lot can't? we've gone through. Are you sure? Because I <laughs> thought I could do it all myself and I don't need anybody. No. Um, so to partner with other innovation-focused organizations to offer uh, synergistic products and services that create a frictionless work-life experience. So I want to work on that frictionless. There's a lot of big words. You so frictionless, right? So, so I always knew my lube would come in handy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I was going to say the line from Blazing level. Saddles. I was you always say, take it You to use that. your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Frictionless. It's from frictionless. a movie. It's from frictionless. a movie. So I think if there's okay. you know, one takeaway from you know, all of this is that life is hard. 
Um, and if you're, again, innovating, you're making your life harder because you're taking risk and you're doing things for the first time and you're having to learn and educate and you're creating a lot of friction. And our lives have a lot, even more friction now. They're harder than they've ever been. Theoretically, technology is making things easier, but the reality is it's making a lot of choice and a lot of complexity. And it is. And it's, it's hard. So, to just, yeah. so the spur is there to reduce some of that complexity. We're there to make it frictionless between your work and life. So, uh, you know, in the summer, we have a program where we pick you up from home and take you home if you want to drink, so you don't have to drink and drive. Um, and so, you know, we're thinking of things and embedding experiences into the Spur that make people's lives basically easier. Right. You want to work? Just come to the Spur. We've got everything. We've got you printers. You want to drink? Come IT. to the Spur. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. it's, but it's... I keep thinking also, like, the, the real thing, that, and we've, we've talk, had other conversations on the show, but the bridge between New York City and the East End is really fascinating to me because there's this synergy, but there's also this disconnect. Yep. And what I love about what you're trying to do with the spur, and I certainly have felt it in the energy of it, is you're basically saying, well, don't look at it as a bridge. Look at it more like we, we have our magnet potentially here, and it's going to draw more people and yep. more ideas out. Yep. You know, I mean, I, this is the dinner table conversation, at least with my friend circle from the city, from when we lived there full time. And, and parents, they've got one, two, three children. They're running around in the city. It's super expensive, private school, all that craziness. Yeah. And they may or may not have homes or rent in the summer or know that East End is a great place, lifestyle place. They're all figuring out how can I, how can I move there? How can I get there? How can I make the transition from being a summer person to a weekend or a weekender to a full-time resident? And work is obviously a key part of that. Like one of the, or both of the parents are probably working and they need to earn a lot of money to sustain that lifestyle mm -hmm. um, and so ha and so for me the spur becomes a beacon so when you're talking to your real estate agent and they say well here's your house and there's the school and there's the spur and you that's where you're going right. to work it becomes this thing an that incentive. makes that an incentive and also it brings the stress level down of going ah there's a community there yeah. there's right. a group of people who i can feel amongst i can plug right. in not quickly isolated yeah. and not feel isolated well that is one of the problems choices. i think with with the teenager i mean now that <laughs> now that my son has moved home at yep. 18 yep. um it's very rough for him because all of his friends are off at college and yep. there really isn't like how many times can you go bowling yep. you know it's just there really isn't 37 any, right. it's actually well less than that yeah. <laughs> but that's, there, that, no that's my score oh <laughs> <laughs> is, is is that golf no i'm kidding yeah, exactly the front <laughs> anyway nine. um so it sounds just you know i'm getting excited about it and i've been there a dozen times but this is yeah. such a, a wonderful um jumping off point because now i want to talk we're, we're talking with ashley heather from the spur and you can look it up at the spur.com but about the new space yes so perhaps so we'll go into that yeah we're we're uh, the space we're in right now 280 elm street right by the train station in southampton is wonderful we love it it's got a lot of character history it's also very small for our ambitions obviously that that you know there's 10 point plan there's a lot going on there um and so we oh, know it's a plan it's, now it's a so plan it's a 10 point plan, plan. Yeah, yeah i know you're, to, you're dressing it up <laughs> dressing it up as a manifesto no um and, uh, you know, it has some natural, there's, there's very little parking and it has some kind of structural issues as a building, um, although we love it. And so we found a, our real home, um, uh, which is at 630 Hampton Road. So right at the intersection, it's the old car dealership that's yeah, being abandoned. you can see it. It's abandoned. Got yeah, it's got some, some banners around it. It was abandoned for 12 right near years. Near Flying Point Road. Near Flying Point Road. Yeah. Uh, Hampton Road and Flying Point Road, right on the corner there. Um, and so we've been working on that. So we've got a lot of work uh, going to happen over the next five months and get in there by the summer, this summer, 2019. Uh, it's 15,500 square feet. Wow. Have a bar, restaurant, wellness center, three event spaces, private offices, conference rooms, co-working areas. 
Studios, Media Studio. It's it's basically, you know, uh, what I call an innovation village now. Mm-hmm. So we're moving beyond just kind of one place to to creating this hub. Um, it's at the natural crossroads of the East End. You know, yeah. thirty thousand cars drive past it every day. Um, wow! And uh, we're we're super excited mm-hmm. to get into that location. Um, we've got a lot of uh, sort of members now. We've got one hundred and forty members who've joined the Spur. Uh, so we're kind of growing. But you have uh, more. But it, that makes it sound like not. It's always a lot more because right. people come for the events. Correct, as well. correct. We've probably had, I would say, three to five thousand people have come to the Spur right. over the last twelve months. Um, but members can bring guests, and um, you know, and it's two hundred something a month. It's really mm-hmm. not very much, yeah, and you get to work there every day, and you correct. get free breakfast. Yep. Um, I mean, it's great yeah, spot. no, but but again, so so the new space is coming. Yep. Um, and and I know that uh, in our conversations, yeah, there's also the hope uh, and the desire to to have other spur locations yep. around the country and the world. Right. Uh, so really, it's you, you guys are in your nascent stage uh, of, of this very innovative idea. Yeah. yeah. No, I think with the resort town, so let's call the East End a resort town mm-hmm. to a degree. I mean, it's a bunch of villages, but ultimately a resort town acts like one. Um, you know, we plan to have an outpost in each of the villages, and, and we've got a lot that we're going to be announcing very soon in other East, en- East End villages where we're, we're going to put a spur. We call it the hub and spoke. So this new building will be the hub, but there'll be spoke locations so entrepreneurs can still get a taste of the spur 15 minutes from their home. Oh, that's so great. Um, because driving from Montauk to right. Southampton it's on, not on, a on a weekend in July. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, so we want to be cl- as close to people that, that we can that make sense. So we're, we're definitely doing that. But then, as Alex said, um, the problems, these macro problems that we're trying to r- resolve around brain drain, about a, a, a sort of a bell curve economy where there's a couple of months where it's super busy and then there's a bunch of time where things drop off and it f- causes people a lot of issues, whether it's traffic or jobs and, and so forth. Those are felt in lots of other resort towns. So Aspen yeah. and Palm Beach and, and, and others. Nantucket so the, yeah, the plan for the spur is to solve this same problem once we've proven we can solve it and then take that model and rinse and repeat it to other markets around the country and, and, and maybe the world. Well, this is spectacular. And again, in, in the time we have left, I, I just would say uh, that, you know, innovation, inspiration, entrepreneurship, these are uh, forces, if you will, that have driven humanity uh, from the caves to the Hamptons, right? <laughs> and and seriously, and there's, and, salt and, ca- and, there's no. a salt cave in Montauk, by the way. Okay, so. but but literally, I mean, I and everything you see today, everything you will see in your life, somebody made and designed. You know, right. with the exception of the trees. You know, and then and and pure. But nature, you know what? But My dad used to point out that out here, he'd say, "Look at the trees, especially when you drive down some of the more expensive places. Mm-hmm. Most of them were not natural to this area. Right. They so, were planted. So again, so they, they were people, even brought people here. had ideas, and then they saw the ideas through, and then things become ubiquitous. And so, so um, moving moving forward, uh, what what are the challenges? Well, I think that some of the challenges are, we've answered some of it is, what is the spur? I yeah. think we're, right. we're covering a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're peeling the onion, lots of layers to this, 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 this community that we're building. And so people are trying to say, well, what's, you know, what's in it for me or what's my piece of it? And, so and I also, think to, I think maybe because it, I mean, and, and I don't mean this in, in a negative way, but that it's, um, it, that it's somewhat exclusive. Let's put it that way, since it's a members-only thing. And it doesn't sound like it's exclusive. Right. It just sounds like you do have, you have to pay a membership, but you have yep. to pay a membership for the gym. So, correct, correct. And that's not exclusive. No, I think, but part of it also is that we're trying to... I think it's the when English you, When accent. you're creating a community, when you're creating <laughs> a community, you have to have a, a common core. 
right? right? And so innovation is our common core. Our tagline is by innovation only, right? right? So right, right. instead of by invitation only, it's right. by innovation only. So yeah, I get it, right? <laughs> just for the audience, just for the audience. <laughs> I know. Um, so essentially, from our point of view, is you know that's really what the exclusivity is around. It's it's not a price point exclusivity. It's around a discipline of are you truly innovative or trying to be innovative or doing something interesting. We're not interested in creating a sales network. This right. isn't about people joining and then selling to our members. Um, and we're very careful about that. It's about people who are coming and building and growing in themselves and what they're doing. Um, and that's that's where we draw the line. Right, of right. Kind of who's in and who's out. That That's what we're looking for, um, if that makes sense. No, that does. That's, that's, a, that's a really good way of putting it. And um, what other challenges uh, do, you, do you see? So I, I think, I mean, you know, I think the challenges in general... Um, are also we're this is we're new we're a new thing yeah. and whenever you're doing something new some people are afraid for right. change. Um, there's definitely a part of the East End and let's call it the Hamptons um, that has a specific sort of leave us alone and yeah, not in my be backyard, remote, not in my yeah. backyard, all of that stuff. Right. Um, and so you know we definitely butt up to some of that and some of what we're trying to do. We're not we're not creating a new city. We're not bringing right. ten thousand people out here. You know that's not what we're doing. We're trying to help the fact that retail is dying and that the you know the high streets are, are challenging. Like what's next? What's again yeah. the sort of the church of the future? Like where are people meeting? And congregating because it, it used to be the church, then it was the high street. Well, where is it now? Right, right. you're and back so in London with that high street. Sorry, no, Main, like Main Street. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Crossroads. Cross yeah, they call it Main Street Main here, street. Ashley. All right. Um, yeah, no, but, but you're right. You're right. Uh, it, and and again, I I'll go back to it's a place to have these collisions of conversation. Yep. Uh, that that you know, you you go to a public space. Not only is there discourse, but there's all of those little interactions and somehow society moves forward. And that's what I think you're talking about. You got it. Ashley, what's the worst idea you've ever had? What's the worst idea I've ever had? <laughs> um, Coming on this show. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> um, I think that's the problem with, with ideas. I have a black book. Um, I have, uh, I would say, probably about 250 ideas in there at some form or other. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky because What's my bad ideas stay private because I'll, right. I'll spend like a month or two months trying to write something and be like, this is the worst idea I've ever had. What really? was I thinking? What was, yeah. the, what was the worst idea you ever had? The worst idea I ever had? Uh, you know what? Um, uh, I would say there is no bad idea. I'll answer it with that because uh, okay. even a bad idea takes you somewhere. It crosses something right. out. So process. Yeah, yeah. And, and the process of kind of going through an idea. All right, what's the best idea you ever had? Being here on this radio show. Oh there you gosh, go. Oh, what a suck up. No, I, would say, I would say marrying Diane. Yeah, marrying my wife. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> having kids. No, and moving out here and changing our life, it was a big stressful thing for us. And, and, and certainly Diane and my wife wasn't, you know, the, the biggest advocate for it. She was going to give up her community in the city, and, and that's a lot to do. Um, well, let's but, talk about, like, that, just facing the fear. I yep. mean, you, have, you, you sit and write, Alec, and... and you clearly have to overcome fear to put your ideas. Yeah, down like I think Don, do do? I think Don Quixote is like my patron saint because I think that like I'm constantly fighting windmills in my mind and finding valor and nobility in it, and 99% of the time it ends up just being a windmill. And so what do I do? I focus on process. I focus on every day. Uh, thinking, you know, what will give me value today and let me try and put my energy there and have fun along the way and laugh a lot because uh, the, the chances are it's not going to work. You know, um, Herbie Gardner, remember Herb, Herb Gardner? Herb the Love Bug? No, Herbie Gardner, he wrote, um, 
he wrote A Thousand Clowns and uh, Conversations with My Father. I'm yeah. not Rappaport. He was a big he was a big writer and he lived out here. Okay. And he um, he invented the Nebishes, the little um, cartoon characters. But anyway, he was he was a really well loved um, Broadway uh, writer. And he, when he was dying, he sent me an index card with a little Nebish on it. And on the front, it said, Bridget, I just want to pass on to you what Shel Silverstein passed on to me. And he turned it over and it said, never, ever look at the big picture. And I remember that because that's when I get scared is when I start going, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into? I'm doing, you know, like I really have to keep it focused. And I'm wondering if that's like something. So I have a line um, and I forget the author of the of the quote. Um, and but for me, it's don't follow the crowd when you get there. It's crowded. So the concept <laughs> sounds like Yogi Berra. Yeah, that's you know, great. The, the, no the one goes concept, there anymore. Right. You, you, you want to. So you've got to take your own path. And again, coming back to the spur and the idea of spurring off. And it's, it's about that. It's finding your own path and not being afraid. You know, the fear that you're alone, because being an entrepreneur is very lonely. Being at the top, which is the only you're one person, right? You're the, you're the boss, you're the cleaner, you're everything. Right, right, right. You're um, the cheap bottle it's, roller. It, yeah, it's, it's a lonely place. And so you've got to be around other souls who are going through that process so that you can feel that you're not crazy. Or, or making, you know, all the all the bad moves. And um, the spur provides that. And the right. spur provides that, um, and in its core, it's, it's kind of what we are and who we are. Well, I think if people want to learn more, they can go to your website. Yeah, they go the to the spur.com. They can stop by. We have uh, open house every Friday, five till seven. 5 p.m. till 7 p.m. Right uh, next to the Southampton train right station train for station. now. Yep, super super convenient uh, to get to. Come say hi anytime. I mean, we're open. You know, we're open eight till pretty much eight till eight every day uh, during the day, and then we have events and different things at the weekend. So uh, stop by, say hi, come to the website, email us. You can email me Ashley at thespur.com, and um, we'll get back to you. And uh, love to say hi. Yeah, join the conversation. Well, that's great. So you've been listening to uh, to us discussing. Innovation, inspiration, work, play, learn with Ashley Heather from the Spur. At the train station. I know. Again, there's Eddie German coming into the room. Um, And uh, Ashley, it's been a joy to have you on and to learn more about this wonderful, enigmatic, mysterious Spur. Uh, And I think I understand a lot better, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, as as somebody who is a member and, and makes it part of his regular schedule, I would say... I'm so happy that you 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 did uh, pursue this uh, thus far. I'm so happy that it exists for me, and uh, I I invite everybody to come on down. If you if you do come on down and see me, uh, let's have some coffee together because I I love to know what's going on. You've been listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolov here on WPPB 88.3 FM. Be well, stay well. <laughs>